Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hour number two here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 6.30 before we hand it over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler for some Nationals baseball. And we're going to get into some baseball coming up at 6 o'clock, but we're going to keep it on the gridiron. And joining us to do that on the BetQL guest hotline is Tyler Dunn of Go Long TD. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's a beautiful thing to have substantive football to discuss after many months of BS, right? (laughs) Well, us here in Washington, we know all about the other stuff. We're very happy to have football. You speak that language, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and one thing, too, that has been interesting, going through and looking what you've written recently with Golong CD, you talk about running backs. What's the solution there? Because, you know, I've talked about this with people before, uh, and I don't I don't know what the thing is because there's both sides of it. Running backs obviously deserve to be paid because some of these guys are the best player on their team or one of the best players on their team. You look at Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones gets paid, and if I'm Saquon, I'm looking at it saying, dude, I had a big reason in why you got paid. And then the other side is saying, I can't pay you $12, 15000000 million and expect to build a winner. So what's the solution here? Right, and, and all of these running backs that participated in this, this Zoom call, right, which it sounds like the most depressing Zoom calls of all Zoom calls, and we've all been a few of those <laughs> and a few of those during COVID. Um, but they kind of, when they're discussing all their different options, right, J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, he basically floated the idea of, okay, guys, you know, you can always, I'm not going to say embellish an injury, but so that, that was brought up per, I believe, Mike Florio reported, and um, you know, I, they, they kind of realized, well, yeah, we could embellish an injury, sit out, but that feeds into the narrative that we're injury prone. And, oh, by the way, that backup running back who's on the sideline and pretty damn good could step right in and take your job, which is kind of the whole point. I mean, these teams are looking at this as a replaceable position in the game, and they'd rather just load up at left tackle, right tackle, pass rusher, corner, and, of course, quarterback when you find one. So to answer your question, what's the solution? I do see a little bit of hope because I think schematically the next step is going to be teams just looking to bludgeon, right? I mean, all of these linebackers that have been coming up from college are, what, 225, 230 pounds. Um, They're chasing around athletic spread QBs. They're, They're reading the RPO. It's a different linebacker than we grew up on in the 90s, you know, those old thumpers. So, you know, what? how do you combat that offensively? Maybe it's just a good old-fashioned power running game, right? Not the wide zone stuff because also these defensive linemen, they're, they're kind of trained to just bear hug offensive linemen and shuffle down the line to clog lanes. That's what McVay and Shanahan and LaFleur, all these, these coaches from this tree, kind of lean into the wide zone. So maybe I'm a hopeless romantic and I, I just want to see running backs succeed. But that could be a lane. Maybe this is the year... The running game makes a comeback, and then you need a Super Bowl champion 
you know, led by a running back. And then you need to see that running back get paid. And then you need to see that team keep winning, I think, for all of this to change. A lot of dominoes, no doubt. Uh, but, hey, you never know. Yeah, it's just such an odd thing because I want to get into some of the other storylines. But it's so intriguing because here in Washington, we just saw a defensive tackle get paid multiple of them, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, and obviously defensive tackles can do more than just stop the run, but generally when you think defensive tackle, interior defensive line, you think stopping the run game. You see Javon Hargrave get a big contract. Like you mentioned, it's changed a little bit with some of the linebackers, so you do wonder, last year there was more running of the football. Is that something that you could see maybe make a little bit of a resurgence? Maybe it doesn't mean that the running backs get paid, but are they going to turn more to a running as opposed to turning into the, the heavy passing league we've seen over the last couple of years? I think it, it could be the case, and I'm, I'm going to kind of like play devil's advocate to my own point here, but you know, it, it depends on how, why is your running game successful, because the Philadelphia Eagles were a juggernaut. I mean, they, 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 they were a dominant rushing team up until the Super Bowl, obviously, and it is because of Jeff Stoutland, their offensive line coach. I mean, he's a genius, and he, they're, they're always thinking – two, three years ahead, let alone two, three moves ahead, drafting the center to be ready whenever Jason Kelsey retires, little things like that. And, and what do they do? They, they let Miles Sanders sign with the Carolina Panthers. I think it was the richest deal for a free agent running back, and it was like $6 million a year. It really wasn't that much. Um, so they're just going to kind of plug and play, move right along. So, yeah, I, I, I think it, you need somebody who's special. And Travis Etienne in Jacksonville made this point when he was asked about it. You need a running back who can do more than just run the ball. You know, can they line up in the slot? Can they line up up wide? Can they work on some jet motions? Can they do a little bit of everything? Maybe this is what gives us hope, too, is the fact that Atlanta just drafted Bijan Robinson in the top 10. Detroit took Jameer Gibbs, 12th overall. They're going to be featured. They're going to be running backs, and they're going to be used in all these creative ways. If you win with these players, I, I would think, I would hope, that means running backs are somewhat valuable, right? <laughs> Tyler, I could talk about this with you all day. I could talk about running backs all day, but I do want to get into some other stuff. Talking with Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD. Leave this one kind of open-ended for you. Going into training camp, now that all the teams are in training camp, what are you looking at as the top storylines? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's there's so many. I'll be out there in uh, Minneapolis for a little bit, down in Miami for a bit. I, I think what it's probably most fascinating, though, and it's, it's not necessarily a shock. Um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and New Jersey, because it, Green Bay has had two starting quarterbacks since 1992. It is one of the most prestigious positions in all of sports, being a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and we just don't see this. We don't see a team draft a guy in the first round, say that they want him to develop, and then let him develop, right? And I know it made a lot of people upset, uh, it made Aaron Rodgers quite upset. He even diverted from his usual scotch for tequila the night of the draft and has certainly let us all know how upset he was about that pick at every opportunity since. And I, I think that it was just it was the right move for Brian Gutekinds at the time, and he knew it. Like It's too valuable of a position. If you believe in a guy, take him, and it's rare. He's had the opportunity to grow with – a private quarterback coach and Steve Calhoun with Matt LaFleur on site. And we're going to see if he's good. <laughs> I think, I think he's going to be really good, uh, but I, I'm just so fascinated by a team drafting a quarterback in the first round and that quarterback basically not seeing the light of day for three years. And, and if this works, 
more teams are just going to draft a quarterback when they've got a 36, 37-year-old future Hall of Famer already on the roster because otherwise you're, you're kind of like a New Orleans, you know, caught with the pants down, the Patriots. Like you're, you're, you're scrambling with a Jameis Winston here or maybe taking a Mac Jones there. And I, I don't know. I, I just think if you believe in a guy, draft him, and who cares if people's feelings are hurt. Yeah, I think that's so intriguing in Green Bay. Let's take a look at that NFC North because I think the Lions, everyone's darling last year, and people are pretty excited about them again this year, and I think they've kind of gotten a little overhyped. And then you look at the Bears, and Justin Fields showed some promise last year, but I think some people are overreacting to them as well. And then you look at the Vikings, the team that won the division, and I feel like people are disrespecting them. And the same thing you mentioned with the Packers, like, I feel like people don't look at them as a legit threat. What do you see in the NFC North? Right, we can say this about the whole NFC. It's 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 wild how and you usually can do this most seasons, but I feel like 2023 NFC especially, you can really talk yourself into contending or wanting to start over th- throughout the conference. But in, in the North, I, I love Detroit. I mean, I, I think that the Detroit their three year plan has been has been brilliant because. They did kind of go counterculture, right? They, they didn't get obsessed with the quarterback position. They they took over Brad Holmes' GM, Dan Campbell's head coach, and they traded Matt Stafford for picks and basically kind of just took on Jared Goff for the heck of it. Now, I think Brad Holmes probably knew he was competent. I mean, he was with the Rams organization for a long time, and he did take the team to the Super Bowl. But uh, I'd be hard-pressed to believe anybody there thought Jared Goff would still be their quarterback three years later and they could be an NFC contender, and you could be thinking about giving him an extension. It's, it's worked out, but it's worked out because they haven't been helter-skelter at quarterback. They haven't tried to tank to get a top pick. They've, they've competed. Um, it sounds cliche, but, I mean, you need to try to win internally so you don't just stink up the building because that stink can be hard to remove. And I, I think that they wanted to find a very specific type of player uh, that, that fits their, their DNA, that's been through something in their life. And to do that, they basically reset on defense completely. Got rid of everybody. They were the youngest team in the NFL two straight years. And, and they, they built up front. The offensive line uh, is the best in football, probably next to Philly. And things have worked out. All of a sudden, you know, their offense is kind of a, a juggernaut itself with Ben Johnson pushing the buttons. I, I really like to try. I mean, their defense – was so bad last year. They don't have to be this this top five unit to get to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. If they're even middle of the road, um, I mean, that offense is going to be able to score 30 points on anybody because they can run, they can pass, they can do whatever they want. Talking with Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com. Check out his work there at Ty Dunn on Twitter. Flipping over to the AFC, something that we all got a little scared about with Joe Burrow going down with an injury. Sounds like he'll be okay for the regular season, but contract situation ongoing there. Herbert gets paid quite a bit of cash. I'd expect that Burrow is going to outdo that. What are you looking at for a Burrow contract? Even though Cincinnati historically is, to put it nicely, one of the cheaper, if not the cheapest franchise, they don't like to spend. They were practicing in the bowl of the game stadium up until recently. So I, I, but I feel like they, they recognize even Mike Brown, he gets this, that Joe Burrow is a all time quarterback. And you saw it so soon that financially they started selling off, you know, the naming rights of their stadium, but even doing business deals around that. I think they were, 
preparing for this moment where you have to basically give Joe Burrow anything he wants because what's the alternative? I mean, you're, you're not going to start over at the position. You're not going to go to a retread. You're the Cincinnati Bengals. You've kind of wandered in the wilderness uh, in the league, let alone the position, for, for years and eras. You have an all-time great. I think Mike Brown recognizes that he has an all-time great, and they're just going to have to go north of Justin Herbert's contract. I mean, they're – how north? I mean, it's kind of set in stone, right? I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but Lamar got a little bit more than Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert got a little bit more than Lamar. So if you get to that point, Burrow seems happy there. You just make it happen, and if, if you're unable to re-sign T. Higgins, even if you were unable to re-sign Jamar Chase, which I think, I think they'll get that done too, you just have to do it because he's that special. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Two more for you. Talking with Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD. You cover the NFL from a national perspective, and especially more so in the Midwest. Out here, East Coast, Sam Howell going with uh, the quarterback here and co- with the commanders. The commanders planning to go with him at quarterback. Is that surprising to you? Because I know here in this area, We've been kind of locked in on that, even though national people haven't been in on it. What are your thoughts on Sam Howell probably being the starting quarterback? I, I, I kind of like him, and I kind of like the approach. And the, this was the team I thought would make a run at Lamar Jackson. Like, I'm sure a lot of people there did. Um, you know, on a personal level, I remember talking to Sam Howell ahead of the draft, doing a feature on him at Go Long, and um, he didn't mince words. He, he said he wants to be the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> And it, it didn't seem like he was just saying it to say it. Like, he has this bravado, this swagger, this confidence that is uh, – it's, it's rooted in, in, in a work ethic and a, a style of play that I'm sure everybody on the commander's coaching staff sees day in and day out. So, you know, why, why would you just mortgage picks? You know, I thought Dan Snyder would as, like, a middle finger to the rest of the owners, right? Like, here's all the guaranteed money you want, Lamar, and – here's a new precedent for y'all, but he didn't do it. So it's probably good for the long term. But, but why would you panic at quarterback and do something rash that's going to have ramifications if, look, you, you bring in a backup quarterback who has started games, so you can always turn to him if you need to. But somehow, in, in, if you're thinking upside, right, and it's probably crazy upside to even think about, but Jalen Hurts and what Philly did, running the ball a ton, and he has a pretty deep ball, and the quarterback can run himself within the scheme. Uh, this would be kind of the light, light, light version of that. And I would think, you know, you're going to want to run Sam Howell on some stuff, get that run game going, and he throws a really pretty deep ball. So, you know, it might just be crazy enough to work out. Even if the chances of it working out are like 15 to 20%, just just do it, right? Yeah. It's, got to, it's got to turn to Jacoby Brissett, so what? Um, but you're giving it a shot, and then you got 2024. Last one here for you, Tyler. Looking at the NFC East as a whole, we've seen it over the last 20 years that the team that wins it the year before doesn't win it the next year, but it seems like the Eagles are arguably the top team in the NFC. What do you see with the East this year? Do you think the Eagles win it again this year, or could the Giants, Cowboys, maybe the Commanders sneak in and win it? Uh, you know, I, I'll be the, the absolute last person to ever bet against Brian Dable. I think that he is the brightest offensive mind in football seeing it here in Buffalo um, up close. I, I don't think anybody was as responsible to Josh Allen's success as much as Brian Dable. And it's a, it's a complicated scheme. You talk to guys that have come through it. It's the old Patriots scheme with a bunch of changes and a bunch of tweaks and your head's going to be spinning. 
So I, I would think Daniel Jones, you know, to play as well as he did in it in year one, he's only going to be better. Like when they gave Daniel Jones that contract, they were it was a Daniel Jones, Brian Dable kind of marriage of a deal. Like you want to just keep a good thing going. The Saquon stuff worked itself out. They've got more slot receivers than the Patriots even had in the, their existence. It's kind of crazy. They keep signing people. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who's good. But and Darren Waller's been lighting up camp. It seems so. I think offensively. They're going to be better, and uh, yeah, a lot of breaks went their way last year, but I think they're a team that creates their own breaks. I think, I think that the Giants are the team that, that comes out of that division. Tyler, you've been generous with your time. I appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. There you heard from Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com. Make sure you go check out his work. Phenomenal job. He used to cover the Packers, has covered the Bills, now covers the NFL as a whole. Make sure you check out his work at golongtd.com. Again, he joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting betql.com. So I want to visit a couple NFL training camp storylines as a whole, like whole NFL. We'll take a look at that next here, and then we'll get into some commanders talk in just a little bit as well. More football next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. 1067 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Appreciate you guys listening in. Appreciate Tyler Dunn, Chris Russell joining the show. You want to hop in, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Toby Altizer with you for another two hours here before we hand it over to Charlie and Dave. And Nationals Baseball, going to tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. So I want to take a look at some of the big storylines around the NFL. We'll get back into some commanders talk here in just a few minutes. But looking around the league, some things that stand out immediately to me, obviously the thing that Ty Dunn mentioned, it's got to be at the top of the list. Like these quarterbacks moving around, but none more polarizing than Aaron Rodgers. And I've seen both sides of the coin here. I'm interested to see which one is right. But so many people are saying that the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. You know, you see some people going crazy about that. But then on the other side, you see people saying that the Jets are going to be terrible and under underachieve. Like, I don't know that that's going to be the case either. I believe in the, in the Jets, in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think that having Garrett Wilson there, is going to be nice for them, getting a running game going. They've got a decent defense. Having guys like Sauce Gardner on the other side of the ball, him showing up and turning into a stud corner year one, and then getting Garrett Wilson in that same draft, Like I think that that team is going to be very competitive, and I think that they're going to be someone to be reckoned with in the AFC. The problem is the AFC is loaded. Loaded. You got the Bengals over there. We talked about with Joe Burrow when he gets paid. You got the Chiefs, obviously. 
the team that has been the best team in football over the last couple of seasons. Patrick Mahomes, tough to contend with that. The Bills are in their division. Josh Allen, the Dolphins as well. The Patriots, maybe they'll figure it out. The Chargers, you got Justin Herbert out there, just got his new contract. And Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, like, the AFC is so loaded compared to the NFC. When you look at the NFC right now, how many teams do you even care about their quarterback in terms of you're intimidated by them or you're scared to play them compared to the AFC? I mean, look at the NFC right now. Who are you scared to play? Jalen Hurts? That might be the only one. Stafford? Eh, not anymore. Maybe for a little while. But I I don't know. We'll see if he comes back healthy with Cooper Cup. But I don't think that team's that great anymore. Are you scared of the Niners? Because if you're scared of the Niners, it's probably not because of their quarterback. It's not because of Trey Lance or Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. You're scared of the Niners as a whole and that defense and Kyle Shanahan and McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk. That's what you're scared of. You're not scared of the quarterback play. So it's kind of crazy when you look at the AFC and Rodgers goes from being in the NFC where he could be one of the two, three best quarterbacks in the entire conference to, I think, still being a good quarterback, but he's not better than Mahomes. He's probably not better than Allen, Herbert, Lawrence maybe. Like, this guy might not even be in the top five QBs in his conference anymore. So we'll see. I believe the Jets hype. I think that they're going to be a good football team. But being a good football team in the AFC doesn't really get you anywhere anymore because you have to be a great football team. Because a good football team is not beating the Bengals in January. A good football team is not beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead in January. That's just not going to happen. We've seen it time and again. Those teams are tough to beat. Now, we'll see about the others. The Bills have fallen at home in big games. You know, you got the the Dolphins. If Tua can stay healthy, we'll see. The Chargers aren't exactly a team that has shown that they can be clutch and good in prime time at the end of the season and crunch time. So we'll see. But I believe in some of that hype around the Jets. And then the other side of, the, of this trade, the Packers, I thought it was interesting the way that Tyler Dunn laid it out. Looking at the Packers, That division is going to be very interesting to watch. He likes the Lions. I tend to think that the Lions are a little overhyped. Like, they're good. Don't get me wrong. That offense has turned into a very good offense. But at the same point, that defense has been so bad. And do you think that that offense can continue that level of play compared to what the defense was last year and kind of carrying them to being contenders? I don't know that they can. And so we'll see. If they take a step back on offense, they're going to have to take a big step forward on defense for them to be contenders. Maybe they'll win the division. I don't know. But I still think that the Vikings are the front runners. You know, they're kind of middle of the pack, solid. Like, they're a 13-win football team last year that no one's talking about. Understandably so, because I don't know that they lived up to the billing of a 13-win football team losing right away in the playoffs to a team that I didn't think was all that great last year, but got in in the Giants. But we'll see. I mean, Kirk Cousins has, you know, Kirk Cousins. I don't have to explain it, Kirk Cousins to you. But I think that the Packers can be competitive. I really do. 
I think that Jordan Love can go out there and give them competent quarterback play. I think that defense is pretty good overall. It's got talent. We'll see if Joe Barry can do a good job coaching them up. But I think overall you've got the talent on both sides of the ball. Now it's young talent on offense. Jaden Reed, their new draft pick, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, can they all live up to the billing on what they need to be for that offense? We'll see. Can Jordan Love step in and be good right away? We'll see. But I don't see a reason that the Packers can't be good, especially towards the end of the season. You know, maybe they get out of the gates a little bit slow because Love's still learning. But if they start 2-2 two and two or 3-3 three and three and they can keep the, the ship above water while they're figuring things out and then they get rolling at the end of the season when Love starts to mature and get some of that experience and the, the young receivers start to gain that trust with them, I don't see a reason that they can't be really good in the NFC North again. Really don't. And then looking at the AFC t- teams, I think one team that hasn't been talked about a whole lot that I think could make a resurgence I think the Cleveland Browns could make a little bit of a comeback this year. And that's because of Deshaun Watson. And I know people don't like Deshaun Watson for all the the stuff that went on. But this guy was, at one point or another, talked about in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes, as Josh Allen. Those kind of guys, Deshaun Watson was there. And we were arguing whether he was above some of those guys. And he hasn't been at that point since. But... Could he get back there? Maybe. And if he does, then that team's going to be very good. Very good. Because you've got one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best true running backs in the league in Nick Chubb. You've got some decent receivers. I believe that the Browns could really surprise some people this year, especially you got a guy like Miles Garrett on the defensive end. Like They really have some talent on that football team. And if Deshaun Watson can come back and play at that sort of level, or a really high level, I don't see a reason they can't be competitive. And then you look at that whole division, Lamar and the Ravens, the Steelers, I think, could be a surprising team this year because I think that Kenny Pickett's going to be better than what people expect him to be. I don't think that he's great, but I think he can give you average to just above average quarterback play. That's going to be a tough division. Obviously, the Bengals as well. That's a tough one, but I think that the Browns could be something because if you remember the first time that the Chiefs won their Super Bowl, the Texans had a 24 to nothing lead on them in that game in one of the playoff games. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't be a slouch and get up 24 nothing in the playoffs against that Chiefs team. So we'll see. We'll see what they can do. But I want to get back into some commander's talk. I want to hear from Sam Howell and some of the things he had to say at training camp. But I also want to talk about why I think that he can help this team take a step forward. I think that he can be better than the quarterback play they got last season. I'll lay it all out for you next here on The Fan. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 6.30. Nats and Mets, game three of the four-game series. Charlie Slows, Dave Jagler will take it from there. Get you ready for the game tonight. So Make sure you keep it tuned here all evening long here on 106.7 The Fan. But I want to talk about Sam Howell. I know we talked about him with Chris Russell, talked about the struggles. thought it was interesting to hear the insights from Tyler Dunn, a guy that doesn't cover the Nationals in particular, Nationals, Commanders in particular, but covers the National, National Football League as a whole. 
hearing his thoughts on Sam Howell and them starting him were interesting in that, it's like, hey, man, he's got the upside. You're looking for an upside play, go with Sam Howell, and he has the confidence, the charisma to be a starting quarterback in this league. You heard that during the Tyler Dunn interview. If you missed any of that, you can use the Rewind feature or check out the podcast on your Odyssey app. But something that got me thinking the other day, so I was listening to Grant and Danny on Tuesday. Grant was out. Danny was riding solo. But he had Brad Spielberger on of Pro Football Focus, and he had this to say about Sam Howell. I found it very interesting. What's your outlook on Sam Howell this year and then long-term? Yeah, he's interesting. I think it's where, you know, a guy's stock goes up or down, and we kind of swing with the reactions. And he went from – being projected as the number one overall pick in the draft class, you know, in his penultimate college season, then has a bit of a down year in UNC, even though they lost a couple offensive linemen to the NFL, they lost a couple receivers to the NFL, um, and then just because he wasn't quite as good, even though there's all these things going on with COVID and all these various, you know, factors that play there, you know, we shouldn't say he can't become a first-round caliber type quarterback again. Um, I think he's a good athlete. I think we're going to see a lot of runs. And the enemy really weaponized those legs with, you know, uh, rolling out both right and left and throwing off platform. I think he has good ability. I think he's got a pretty strong arm for his size. You know, I, I don't really know. We, we've just seen so little at the NFL level. But I would say, I think at first when we heard some positivity coming out of there, you know, he looks good. They believe in him. I, I'll admit I was a bit skeptical. As time goes on, it's been kind of a steady drumbeat. And, 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 you know, Jacoby Brissett is a good NFL quarterback. If they feel that way and they're seeing it, I think we have to start believing them at a certain point. And I like the end part of that. At some point, if you keep hearing positive things, you can believe it a little bit, right? And seemingly all offseason long, all you've heard about Sam Howell is positive. I don't recall anything super negative being said about him. And so at some point, you have to believe that there's something there. And him struggling today in practice compared to what we saw the last couple of days in training camp and seeing some of the videos on Twitter of the deep balls to Terry, you know, it, there's going to be ups and downs. This is a guy that's not a seasoned veteran. This isn't a guy that you should expect to go off without a hitch. This isn't someone that you should expect week one, week two, week three, week four to be throwing 350 yards, three touchdowns, no picks every game. Like, there's going to be some growing pains. I don't doubt that. As much as I like to dismiss the idea of the fifth-round quarterback, like, he was not a first-rounder. You know, I I often talk about the notion that just labeling him as a fifth-rounder is a bit misleading because of the fact that this is a guy that was supposed to be a first-round pick, and then some things happen. He struggled that last year at UNC, ends up in the fifth round. But he's not your typical fifth-round quarterback. It's not like it's a guy that we saw in Sean Clifford that got drafted by the Packers this year, I believe in the fourth round, that got drafted in the fourth round because of the fact that he just was there for forever and he was never anything special, but he can step in and be a solid backup for the Packers behind Jordan Love. That's why they drafted him. The Commanders did not draft Sam Howell to ride the pine for the entirety of his rookie contract. They looked ahead and said, hmm, maybe Wentz doesn't work out. He's still here in the fifth round. Let's take him. Let's see what happens. And now they're seeing what's happening. I think he's got a lot of talent. I really do. And I'm not the only one. And I thought this was an interesting clip. So Jahan Dotson was on with Fred Smoot and London Fletcher on the team's Insta- no, YouTube page. And here's what Jahan Dotson had to say about Sam Howell. 
Uh, he's a special talent. Yeah. I truly believe it. Um, I always tell people he makes every throw on the field look so easy. He looks, he makes it look effortless. Um, he, his arm talent is insane, and he, he's just getting better. He's getting smarter every single day, and he's getting more comfortable with us. I feel like once he gets comfortable with everyone, uh, it, the sky's the limit. Yeah, so I think that he's got a lot of skill, and obviously I'm not the only one. You're hearing that from Jahan. And I think something that's really slept on, too, that maybe you haven't even, haven't even heard about was – they got a whole crew together. Howell, Reset, from the receivers, I think some of the running backs, and they all went down to Florida. They talked about it some in the preseason or in the training camp press conferences. But you also, if you look on Twitter, there's a video from Deami Brown. On YouTube, there's a video from Deami Brown of that experience down there in Florida and Brissett, I think, is one that stands out there with his leadership for the guys and mentoring both the receivers and the quarterbacks. But you can also hear the confidence in Sam Howell. He's kind of running that thing to an, to an extent as well. It's not like Brissett was the one that was basically playing coach down there and telling everyone what to do. Sam was doing some of that himself. So you hear the confidence this guy has. He's got all the arm talent. You heard from Chris Russell what he thinks about his arm talent. And I, I think you can just see it. The ball zips out of his hand. He's got all the tools. Now, will he be able to put it all together? We'll see. The decision-making at times, maybe some of the touch at times, we'll see. But I think all the tools are there. It's about developing him being into being a good quarterback. And I think that he can get to that point. I really do. And there's a reason I believe that's the case. Because if you look at the quarterback play you got last season, compared to what I think Sam Howell can give you, I think it's going to be a night and day difference when you look at what you have this year compared to last. I'll lay out some of those numbers for you next here on The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Talking about Sam Howell. Toby Altizer with you for the next hour and 45 minutes or so. You want to give us a call, 800 636 1067. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Or you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. So talking about Sam Howell, you heard the Brad Spielberger clip we played in the last segment talking about how, you know, at some point you hear a lot of good about a guy, maybe you just ought to believe it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with Sam Howell, even though I've always been aboard the Sam Howell hype train. You know, if you keep hearing good things about them, at some point you got to think that they're telling the truth and they're not trying to pull your leg. Dotson talks about his talent. But here's the real reason that I think he can be an upgrade. He doesn't have to be spectacular for this team to be better than they were last year. Honestly, this team, and I've talked about this before, this team was in the driver's seat the last couple of games going into a playoff berth. They were looking at going into the playoffs, being in their own hands the last couple weeks of the season, and then the Giants games happened and everything fell apart. But they were in the driver's seat, a team that was 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And this was the quarterback play that they got last season. 37, almost 3,800 yards, 3,783 passing yards, a 62% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 48 sacks, 222.5 yards per game. And then rushing, 55 
rushing attempts from the quarterback position. 217 yards, three touchdowns, 13 fumbles. That's what they got out of the quarterback position last year, including Sam Howell's lone start. That's what they got. 3,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, 16 picks, 217 yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns, gave up 48 sacks and 13 fumbles. You don't think that they can be better than that? You don't think that Sam Howell can give you more than that? I, I did an exercise a couple of months ago, and I've talked about this before. I walked around the building a little bit, asked Grant Paulson, Lanell Willingham, Darius Dameron, Ryan Clary, various guys around the studio, around the station, all guys with varying opinions of Sam Howell. I asked him, I said, what do you think Sam Howell gives you if he starts all 17 games? 37, 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. He rushes for four or 500 yards. Is that not what they got last season? And I think that's being a little bit cautious. He could be worse than all that. I understand that. I really do. He could be someone that they're benching by week eight. I get that. But he could also be an upgrade over what they had last season. Think about the reasons why they started the quarterbacks they did last season. Think about the reason that they acquired Carson Wentz. Why did they do it? Big arm, right? Guy that can make all the throws. Well, (laughs) you heard just that from Jahan Dotson about Sam Howell. And make all the throws. Why did they start Heineke when Wentz wasn't working? Not a statue back there. Can run around. Can make some plays with his legs. Uh, hello. Did you watch Sam Howell his last year at North Carolina? Can run around. Make plays with his legs. And he's a more powerful runner than Heineke. And I think he's a more equipped runner than Heineke. Now, maybe he's not going to be as good as Heineke because... Taylor knew that playbook inside and out because of spending so much time time in it, and he kind of understood scramble drill. He kind of understood all that stuff. Taylor was a magician in a lot of ways, stuff that you can't recreate a lot of times. Heineke was good at, and that was the fun of Heineke. But I think that Sam Howell can give you the good spots of both of them. Now, the question's going to be, can he make the right decisions? Can he get the ball out on time? Can he get the ball into the right spot? All those things are going to be question marks, and all those things could go wrong, and we could be looking at a disastrous season with Sam Howell quarterback. I understand all that, but I don't see a world where this team's going to be way worse than they were last season. I don't see a place where Sam Howell's going to be that much worse than what Heineke and Wentz gave you last year. It's possible. I've said that numerous times. I just don't see it. I don't. You didn't get good quarterback play last season, and you were 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. You didn't. Heineke's fun. I know a lot of people loved him. I liked Heineke. It wasn't good quarterback play. I know no one liked Wentz. He didn't give you good quarterback play either. So Sam Howell doesn't even have to give you good quarterback play to be an upgrade. If he gives you league average quarterback play, I think that's what you're expecting out of him. At worst, right? That's what you're hoping for. At worst, this team will be in a better spot. There's a couple things that I think he's going to excel at this year. I think that he's going to be good on the ground. I think that Biennemi is going to use him a lot in the run game. I think you can run some RPO stuff. I think you can run some read option stuff. 
I think they're still going to primarily want to be a running football team because you don't want to put too much on the plate of a young quarterback. And if you just think about complementary football, the thing you've been told since you were a kid is the dream of every football fan of the 70s and 80s, complementary football, defense, and run game. That's probably what this team still needs to be if they're looking to win the most games as they can. I think they're going to need to rely on Brian Robinson, who I want to talk about him in just a little bit. They need to rely on Gibson. We'll see about maybe Rodriguez, who else fits in in the mix. But I still think that they can be an upgrade over what they were last season simply because of the talent that Sam Howell has. I think that Sam Howell, again, has all the tools. It's just about making sure that he uses them appropriately, makes the right decisions. So we'll see. But if you had to ask me right now, are they going to be better or worse than last year? I'd say better. And I think it starts with the quarterback play being better than it was last year. I think that the defense has improved with some playmaking from Forbes. But I still think overall, when you look at what Sam Howell has in his tool bag, it's things that Wentz had that were attractive about Wentz. It's things that Heineke had that were attractive about Heineke. And you put them into one quarterback. And you hope that he makes the right decisions, that he gets the ball out on time, that he can run the offense, that he can be a good leader, and you're going to be better than you were last year because you've got both quarterbacks on the field at the same time in the body of Sam Howell. That's what you got. That's what you got. All right, I want to take a break from Sam Howell. I want to get into Brian Robinson. That dude has gone through a lot in the last year. We know what happened last year before the season. He's feeling a lot better. want to hear from him. Also want to hear from head coach Ron Rivera. He talked with the media today after their big practice today. We'll do all that and more coming up next hour. Toby Altizer with with you for another hour and a half here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 